Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Wagner. Pretty cool episode for you today. Mostly, I'm going to let you guys in on where I'm at right now with working with coaches. It's a pretty awesome time of year in my world where I am wrapping up fall seasons and having these awesome conversations where coaches are reflecting on what went well, what went poorly, what they might change. And I'm getting to be a fly on the wall in some of these conversations and then also ask questions. And then I'm doing the exact same things as I'm preparing winter sport coaches to get ready, gear up for their season. And so it's, it's awesome because I get to see both ends of the process side by side. And it, it's so much fun to be able to take something that I just heard in a conversation from a coach reflecting on their season and then get to challenge a coach who's preparing for their season with that same idea. And so I just wanted to share some of these things with you all. It's going to be quick and to the point today to try and help you leaders think about wrapping up and kicking off because that rhythm thing that we talked about a few episodes with, with Tom Dierenfeld, this, this life being in rhythm helps get best types of performance. We are in a rhythm as leaders where we have projects that kick off and then they wrap up and we launch a new project, you know, as coaches and teachers, we have this rhythm where quarter ends, we're ramping into a new quarter season ends, ramping into a new season. And I just wanted to to share some of these conversations that I've been getting to have, because I think there's a lot of really, really good takeaways in here that that are just necessary for us to think about. And, and so that's the plan today. We're going to kind of do it pretty quick and I'm going to leave you guys with some questions. I think that is always the role of somebody that's counseling or being a sounding board starts with a lot of questions, I think. And, and so I'm going to ask some of the questions that I ask these staffs and these coaches to be thinking about to the, to the podcast at large and to be thinking about how do you do this in your own life? How can you engage in these sort of thoughts so that you can have the best results moving forward, right? Whether you're wrapping something up or kicking something off. I think a lot of these questions are applicable on both ends. One of the things that I get from coaches that are wrapping up seasons is it doesn't, it didn't go the way that we had hoped because, right? And so I get to ask the question, well, well, what's the because and what would you do differently if you knew that that was going to happen before the season began? What would you do differently? How would you approach this if you knew that that thing was going to happen? You know, as coaches, one of the things that we deal with all the time is injury and losing a star athlete or an elite performer of some sort. You know, I think in the business model, the same thing is true. We get people that, you know, their performance wanes a little bit or they leave the company or they have to go on leave for whatever reason. We just, we lose a performer or we lose an expected type of performance. And we go, man, I think that really hindered us looking back. A lot of coaches that I talked to like, man, we, we had an opportunity, but we lost an athlete. The question I ask is, what if you would have known 
that that athlete wasn't going to be there all the time going in. You know, obviously from a coaching perspective, the answer is we would have prepared someone else better. And my question to that is, why didn't you? There are some easy answers to that. We can't get them reps. We need to give our, you know, the the athlete that's performing on game day those reps. I understand that. And is there another way? Is there a way that you can get those people prepared regardless? Right. And so I, I that's that's just a huge one that has stuck out over the course of the last couple of weeks because I think about going into a season. How can you prepare in such a way that you would you would prepare for some potential pitfalls, right? Murphy's law. If something bad can happen, it will happen, right? There's something coming for us. If you're a coach preparing for a season, we get full of hope. We get full of optimism. And that is a great place to be, to have a super positive perspective because you're giving that energy to your athletes. But I just ask you to reflect a little bit. What if the thing you don't want to happen happens? How can you still reach the types of performance goals you want to reach with that negative thing happening? If you lose an athlete, how can you prepare other athletes for that opportunity to be ready? Not just like we say next man up all the time. No, no, not just that, but that they feel and perform and mentally have the capacity to know that they are trusted, that the coaches are confident in them because they've been taught, approached, dealt with in the same way as the elite athlete, right? Um, same thing with, with performance in a business model. How do we build people so that they can give the same types of outputs that our star performers can, can give? It's a really challenging conversation to have because it takes rethinking, reworking a lot of what we do automatically. A lot of our stuff that is just systematized, it can be broken pretty quickly or we can feel like we don't need to change it and going in and trying to give these other performers, these other athletes, these other employees, that same type of opportunity that comes to our star performers or our star athletes can be, can, can take some rethinking. I'm not saying you have to do all of it, but you might have to do some of it so that you can weather some of these storms, right? I, as a coach, I can tell you this, one of the best things that has happened in some of our seasons is that a star performer goes down and we find out somebody else can do it. We get that additional elite type of performance or that additional performance that raises the floor of our group. And then when that star performer comes back, that elite performer comes back, the whole group is even better. We might have to rework some dynamics be thinking about that. How can you engage in those group dynamics so that we have space for a lot of people to flourish, not just one? You know, I think that's a that's a hugely important question. The second question I am I've been pondering a lot because I was working with a staff that was brand new in a district. Is this idea of like they should know this, right? 
And this staff that I was working with did an amazing job of not assuming that their athletes knew this skill, right? Well, they don't know the way that we teach it. So we have to go back to the very beginning. We have to go back and teach it step by step by step the way that we want it done. Not because the previous staff didn't do the job, but because they had they started from the assumption they aren't gonna know. These these people are not gonna know how we expect them to do it. So we're gonna teach them every step of the way. And when they show us, when we have evidence that they can do it, we're gonna move on and we're gonna empower them to do it, to just leave them with that. Right. That is a that's a simplification process, which will lead me to my next question. But I want to stay here for just a second. If you have this thought, well, why can't they do that? They should know how to do that. And it's your, like, it's easy when you're a brand new coach in a brand new program to say, I'm, we're going to do it this way. And I'm going to assume that the other coaches weren't doing it. What if you were to do that about yourself? What if you were to say, I assume that I did a poor job teaching this. I assume that the reason these athletes can't do this skill. The reason this employee can't execute the project is because I was deficient as a teacher. That's a really hard conversation to have with ourselves. Or now let's flip it moving forward to starting a season. Let's now assume that they don't, that they're clean slate, that they don't know. How would practice look how would your onboarding process look if you're in a, if you're a leader in a, in a business organization? What would you do differently if you assumed that all of these athletes needed to be taught like it was their first time? All of these employees needed to be taught like it's the very first time they're doing this skill. What outcomes would you highlight that would produce evidence to say, if you're doing it like this, you will see the following, right? You know, I work with a lot of wrestling programs and, and one of the things that I like to talk about with wrestlers is right. Dominate position, position wrestling starts from very, very little on. And for most of us as kindergartners, first graders, second graders, we might not have the strength to maintain the proper wrestling position for the whole of a match. And we might get away with it. Right. And so this, this leads to another question, right? We might get away with this cheating in some ways where we don't have to manage our position for as long. We then build some bad habits because it's worked before the evidence has told us as the wrestler that I can get away with this, but then we start to level up. We get better and better and better and we can't get away with it anymore. Coaches, leaders, what would you do if you knew that your people had bad habits? How would you change it? How would you restructure the teaching to, to take away some of those bad habits? I love these type of conversations because then we get to the creative solutions, right? And a lot of the podcast has been about solutions. These are today, the, the solutions are on you. Today, the questions are coming from me and, and the answers are going to come from your staff, your group, because each one of you are going to do it differently. There's not going to be a right answer, right? 
It's not the answer. It's an answer that gets us to a solution, not the solution. Keep that stuff in mind. What would you do if you assumed that your athletes couldn't do something because the teaching was deficient? Do not tie the, well, I was the teacher, so they should know piece to this conversation, right? What would you do if you were the leader and your people couldn't execute a skill? Regardless of who taught it, regardless of the work that's been done in the past, sunk cost fallacy, right? We've put in that time. It didn't work. Move on. How do you get to the next one? Then not only did it not work, it maybe built in some bad habits. What would you change about your teaching so that those habits could be fixed? I, I love getting these types of feedback because that is really informative to how we need to think as leaders what would we do if instead of saying they should know no how will i teach it because the evidence is telling me they don't know right seek truth find feedback figure out what it is that you need to identify to say like what are the metrics what are the metrics we need to see to know that we're going in the right direction explain that to the people that you're leading explain that to your athletes to say if I see this, you're doing it right. Not if we score, not if we win, but if you're doing this, we are going in the right direction. Give people the opportunity to prog to progress through the, the, the progression of learning and give them check marks and opportunities to know that they're moving in the right direction along the way. Right. So those are some some conversations I've been having with the the people that are finishing the process, right? What would you do if you knew that you were going to lose somebody? What if you, what would you do if you knew that a negative outcome was going to happen, right? Hypothetical, right? Some big situations out there that you might say this negative thing happened. What will we do? This negative thing happened. What will we do? It takes time. It takes rethinking. It takes a different mindset, right? When I'm thinking about working with these teams that are kicking off seasons, kicking off programs, kicking off projects, I'm thinking about how can you simplify? How can you simplify? We, we start with the end in mind, right? We want to have the big goal at the, at the end. But what are the simplest steps to get there? And then how can I drill in to really ensure that my people know how to do each step along the way. And the one thing I say all the time is you have longer than you think. Going back to this program, this, this new set of coaches, right? They told, like, they're communicating after the season is over. You know what? It just took a few more weeks than we wanted to potentially, but it took a couple extra weeks. And then you started to see the trust come. Then you started to see the behaviors that we were looking for. Then you started to see the execution that we were hoping for because they started to believe in the process. They started to trust the teaching. They started to trust the training, but it took longer than we want, right? I've said this before on the podcast. We vastly overestimate what we can do in a day. We vastly underestimate what we can do in a year for coaches. We might think, man, we can get all this stuff in in the first week, in the first two weeks before we start competitions, you're going to vastly overestimate what that looks like, but you're also going to vastly underestimate what it looks like 
to get four months of time with your people. So be patient, get super, super simple. What would it look like? Again, the questions that I'm, that I'm continually asking this time of year are, what would it look like if you just focused on one of those things? If you just focused on one of those skills, right? Bill Belichick model says, I'm never going to teach more than three things in a day, right? That's, we're going to have three main points. What if your practice, right? Figure you have two hours, right? What if your practice was 40 minutes, 40 minutes, 40 minutes about developing three different ideas, then having some guided practice where the coach or the leader is showing that. Then we're an independent practice with support. Then we're an independent practice where we, we don't maybe have support. We're executing and then getting feedback afterwards instead of getting support right in that moment. How can you structure your growth model to be patient because we want answers right now. And unfortunately, that's just not how the brain, the body work because we, we aren't after all aiming to raise the ceiling right now at this point in the season. We aren't looking for their optimal outcomes because we're not in shape yet. We don't have cohesion in the group yet in terms of relationships and trust, right? We're not going to have elite optimal outcomes in the first month of the season. We're working towards that. So how can you think about raising the floor of the performance, right? We don't want to have elite performance every single night out because we can't keep peaking like that. You know, how many times I've had a conversation with the coach, like, man, we are playing really well right now. I hope we can keep growing. I hope we can keep going up and then that we're not peaking too soon. I've heard that so frequently. Well, why is that? Because we as coaches try to optimize all the time. No, raise the floor in the process early on. And then at some point we have to shift again, right? It's those rhythms that I'm talking about getting, having the idea that you can focus on raising the floor early and focus on raising the ceiling late. What does raising the floor look like? Again, that's up to you all. But I think back to the first question I asked, what would you do if the bad thing happened? Raising the floor looks like being able to sustain the, through the bad thing, through the negative outcome that you're not hoping to have our baseline performance is still good enough maybe not to win but to learn to grow to get better to see oh yeah we actually can compete in these situations we can take confidence from that because our baseline performance was pretty high guess what happens when we sharpen this up guess what happens when we get that elite performer back guess what happens when we've got this dialed in just right all of a sudden, the belief changes, the excitement changes. Take the time early to think about these questions so that when we get to the end of season reflection, you have some legitimate things that you can say, I tried this, it worked, it didn't. We tried this, it worked, it didn't. And then you can continue to improve and sharpen the process as you go. Last thing, how can you? right? Putting all this together, 
how can you find evidence for yourself of this stuff? Is it working or is it not? One of the things that we used to do um, in Pequot, as I was coaching track in Pequot Lakes, we would have kind of a document, right? Or I would, I would get a lot of suggestions throughout the year. And I have a document that says, don't do this anymore. This worked really well. Keep this, right? As we updated our model of what practice and what performance looked like, we were keeping track. We were, we were having, we had evidence to say this was good or this wasn't good, you know? And a lot of the times I would come in really casual conversation with other staff members, with other leaders in our program. Hey, what do you like? Does this work? Is, you know, even to the athletes, did that thing that we did today that was a little bit different? Did that work? Yeah, I really like that. Okay, write that down. I just give yourself something to see what you're doing, right? To keep track and then some feedback on it, right? And if you believe in it, try it a few times and get feedback every single time. Right? We talk about deliberate practice. We talk about intention. I'm challenging us all in whatever we do in our life. How do we ask the types of questions that are going to get clear and specific answers but we don't necessarily need to be at the ends or the beginning of something if you're right in the middle we can still ask some of these questions we can change direction right now we just feel like we can't we feel like inertia is moving us right and that's what happens in programs with long established coaches also right 18 20 year coach they're like we do things right we do things well and then we still move we are our floor isn't great. Our ceiling is really great, but our floor isn't great. I just look at these programs at the end of the year that are always there. They're always there come postseason time. Why? Because their floor is really high. Their least quality performance is still excellent. So they can withstand bad nights in a semifinal game. They can withstand bad nights in a, in a finals competition, right? And still get the job done. That's the challenge for us as we go forward this week. I just wanted to share it with you. I'm obviously I'm lit up, I'm excited about these types of conversations because I think this is where growth happens, not just in executing, but execution with reflection, with feedback, asking good questions, get out there, do the work today so that we can get better tomorrow. Thank you all for joining me. Go and push get better invite people into this process share rate review subscribe and as always live eyes up